Okay, okay. We are live on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Good morning, everyone. Uh, good morning, good morning. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, for those of you who are returning and, and watching us uh, for a second time, thank you so much for your support. We welcome you back. And those of you who had just joined us, you know, thank you so much for joining us today. And then, you know, you know, please put a thumbs up, you know, in the chat so we know you are new. Um, I want to encourage all your viewers to, to uh, you know, subscribe and share our videos because we really want to make an impact for all the small business owners out there. And we want to teach them the, the most amount of information um, so they are well prepared. So don't keep this information to yourself. Go ahead and share. Um, again, um, we, we are going live on Facebook and uh, LinkedIn and YouTube every Thursday, uh, 10 a.m. Eastern time. It's about a 30-minute show, and we will cover anything accounting, tax, and general business to help you. Um, uh, just to take a moment and introduce myself, my name is Marie Tarosian. I'm a certified public accountant and a chartered global management accountant. I'm an experienced auditor um, and a CFO. Currently, my engagements, uh, you know, require me to be this more of a CPA advisor and transformation coach for entrepreneurs and small business owners uh, alike. Um, I've authored two books. Um, I have a, a free ebook that I put the link already. It's called the the Business Owner's Guide for Operational Accounting, and my second book is also in the links. Um, you can purchase it on Kindle, and it's called the Complete Guide to Business um, uh, Growth. And um, I've also created uh, a, a very unique framework based on my experiences as an auditor and a, and a controller and a CFO, um, and it's called Valuation MT, and that is the framework that I use to help uh, million-dollar businesses to get to their 10 million and more. Um, today, again, I have the privilege to share uh, my, my my knowledge with my colleague uh, and my friend uh, Pedro Gonzalez, CPA. Pedro, the the, the show is yours now. Introduce yourself to our audience. Okay, good morning. Uh, yes, Pedro Gonzalez, uh, CPA. Uh, my, uh, my, I guess the line of the business that I work on primarily with the entrepreneurs is uh, being a, a business of tax uh, strategist. Uh, as I mentioned before, there's tax preparers and there's tax planners. You know, what we like to do, just like Marie, is help businesses more from the strategic point on how to lower taxes, how to improve cash flow, and how to exit uh, with a, a, a proper valuation of your business. So that's basically what, what you know, how we have created a synergy between Marie and I and, and able to help our clients in, in that fashion. I also have a, a free ebook. I unfortunately did not put the link. I will do so, uh, Marie, just uh, <laughs> for what, the fourth, I think about the fourth time that you keep reminding me the link. So, yes. And, and, uh, and I, it, it's on me, so I need to bring that link. <laughs> But it's, it's a, a, a free book, again, just like uh, Marie, you know, just packed with a lot of good information. It's not going to be your typical uh, freebie. Uh, it, it does have some, you know, value added into those into those free ebooks. So I encourage people to download it, to, to use it. it is, there's value on those, on those even, even on those uh, free ebooks. And so I'm privileged to be here uh, in uh, joining with uh, Marie in this, in this venture. 
awesome, awesome. It's always, always good to have chats with you, Pedro. And then for those of us who, who didn't uh, join us in the prior, uh, you know, episodes, you know, Pedro and I met uh, back in May of 2020, uh, probably before, and then we started working together. We had a similar mindset and we've, you know, our relationship as uh, CPAs have grown and our collaboration has gone to the next step and then as we had all these interesting conversations sharing our knowledge and our uh, experiences with that we had with each client one day we just decided that was it we should do it ourselves and there's so much information we're sharing but we're sharing amongst ourselves and it should be out there um, we should be telling uh, uh, small business owners uh, you know how to use these strategies that we are, are showing other clients and, uh, and be able to do it in their own businesses. So um, also in the past few weeks, we've talked about um, tax uh, deadlines. We talked about, um, you know, when a business owner goes through a divorce, what kind of documents are gonna be required. Uh, we've talked about when a, a US citizens are working uh, you know, uh, overseas and what type of tax requirements uh, are still uh, uh, re required of them and, uh, and and a lot more. So if you if you haven't seen those, please go ahead and check those videos out too uh, and make sure you share, 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 give, give, give. That's what we're doing here today. So for today's episode, well, we, we are focusing on self-employment. And of course, with COVID coming through, there's many, many people that lost their jobs, but they chose to become self-employed, but there's a lot of key things they need to do. So let's kind of define Pedro, um, you know, as a status. What does the IRS say about a self-employed status? Well, uh, the self-employed, uh, basically the, the, the mindset has to be one where the individual has control over the, uh, the, the it's come, and it, it has a term, but it's like a behavioral. Uh, there's a, the behavioral, there's a financial. If, if, the, if the employer has financial control over this individual, does the employer uh, has a, a behavioral control in the sense I can dictate how you will uh, uh, function? Uh, and 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 there's a, a so basically those are the two areas that, that is the main focus. In, in, in a, in a situation of a, either labor audit or the IRS is going to look at, you know, how is an employer-employee relationship? So to be independent, then you need to, in essence, be able then to have control over the way that you will perform the service. Now, it doesn't mean that you'll do it whatever way you want. The, the, the contractor or the, you know, the, the main uh, company still will have some sort of uh, influence of, on the delivery. Of course. But, uh, in, in, for example, in today's environment, uh, we're, we're doing a lot of work uh, either remotely, uh, you know, does the, this employer can dictate, no, no, you have to do it in my office, you have to do it, uh, you have to either dress this way, we have a uniform, we have this. And so in those cases is what is kind of potentially shifted into a employee. Uh, Correct. But, you know, so in general, you know, without boring people uh, or all the intricacies, but in general, those are kind of uh, these two, two areas that they're going to be doing. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've had similar experiences. And something that also gets kind of blurs the lines, I guess, between being uh, handled as an employee versus a contractor, when there's certain benefits that usually an employer would do for an employee or offer to an employee, but then 
I see sometimes offering to contractors that say health benefits in the sense that, um, you know, say, let's say an, a reimbursement for health insurance for a contractor. Does that really fly as a contractor? Well, uh, okay. <laughs> you know, but yeah, no, it's a good, that's a good point. If <laughs> it happens, the, the, can, can it fly if it's offered to everybody? So yes. you cannot okay. selectively select Marie as, a, as an independent contractor and leave the rest of the other people in the same class and leave them out. So Got if it. you're going to offer it to one independent contractor, then you have to offer it to all of your independent contractors. So imagine a company that has, I don't know, 50 independent contractors <laughs> really want to do that. So, yeah. you know, some of them are trying to, you know, uh, I understand uh, reduce taxes. And so they want Marie because Marie is uh, kind of uh, more experienced and, and, and she can then be supervisor to my other uh, contractors, but I don't want to make her an employee. But let me throw this this kind of bet. <laughs> so, and then that that's a, a, a risk. But, you know, I know that you and I have started this conversation and, and about the contractors and, and it is a topic, it's nothing new. I no. Mean, issue, uh, you, I'm sure you've gone through it uh, I have gone through it many, many times, and it, it is a, a delicate uh, situation, and it's going to become more uh, intense uh, because, you know, they're trying to look for uh, increase that revenue base from the tax standpoint. You know, we're, we just passed this trillion dollar uh, program, so where's the money going to come from? <laughs> and I can assure you, it's not going to come. <laughs> it's not going to come from the billionaires. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so let's let's get real about this. It's not going to come from there. So uh, they're going to uh, look for ways to you know tap into these different pockets, and and they know that there is a possibility that if we audit some of these companies, mm -hmm. we will find some some uh, uh, contractors that can be classified as employees. Correct. And voila, right there we have tax money. You know, yes. Plus penalties and interest that we're going to assess to. And that is the risk, you know what I mean? Uh, California, uh, you know, just recently also passed, uh, is, you know, refers us a California uh, a law, a, a AB5. Uh, again, I'm not gonna get into the details of that, but, you know, again, nothing new, but what happens is that now California is gonna start, uh, you know, becoming more aggressive as far as the, the what, what kind of really constitute a, a contractor. When you look at it, mm -hmm. Very few people will qualify, meaning that a lot of the people that t technically were uh, classified as contract labor will basically be shifted to employees, and that can be, mean significant uh, payroll tax dollar for small companies. Imagine now, if you have like we we're talking about this, this uh, companies that operate with contract labor, typically the construction mm -hmm. companies, you know, developers, and you know, they deal with a lot of contractors. If it's, even even if a uh, half of that 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 pool get shifted to employees. How much is that going to now uh, be significant as far as uh, the dollars, the impact to the employees, because they, they probably rather work as an independent contractor, they already have their, their, their licenses and so on, and now to be uh, withheld taxes and the whole amount of, of the payments instead of how they operated their business. So in this other cases, uh, there was a case of uh, 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 Curic. Uh, it's mm -hmm. a case and in that case, it's, it's a contractor, uh, a construction contractor. And he, uh, 
for the most part, when, when the, the case was, was disclosed and uh, in the end, uh, why this is an important case is because what happened was that he, he was in the borderline. Okay, so meaning that when you analyze it, it could go either way. But the, sure. one, the tiebreaker was that uh, he failed to file 1099s. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Exactly. And that is, uh, you know, why is it so critical at times when, you know, we go and tell him, do you file 1099s? Do you file 10? And the reason being is that if you do not file the 1099s by, and almost kind of de facto, they, they want to say, well, then he or she is an employee. Or we're going to go and put you through a, a more stringent uh, assessment that sure. will increase the risk that those individuals will be shifted to employees. So by filing the 1099s, at least, I'm not going to guarantee you you will never be audited. It's just that at least you, you eliminate uh, um, the possibility that sure. automatically they're going to say, no, by filing that 1099, a, a, at least you, you took it, you're taking a step that the relationship between you and I is is that of a independent contract. Right. Now, there's, there's certain relationships that do not require, but if it's required, I suggest that you file it. You know what I mean? Like uh, you don't you don't send a 1099, for example, to CPAs. You know what I mean, it's, uh, if, 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 if the CPA is acting as a corporation. Correct. But, uh, there should be then in that case engagement letters. There's something else to 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 support that this this relationship is that of a uh, independent contract. So that that's, you know this is becoming and we expect that to be a, a more concerning meaning that we kind of see that this kind of cause a ripple effect uh, throughout the United States. So that's why we you know kind of making this awareness that we're approaching the end of the year. Now's the time to look at your, you know, making sure that you have your I-9s, uh, your, you know, your, your yes. I-9s, uh, yes. you know, your, your uh, independent contractor agreements, uh, get prepared mm -hmm. for 1099s, and, you know, go through and, and you know, a, a phone call, just have everything that is necessary to protect uh, yourself. I mean, protect Absolutely. that this does yeah. not come back and end up costing you unnecessary. Uh, it's not only the payroll tax, it's also the penalties and interest that they will assess on you. For sure, for sure. So, I think the best way is for business owners to, as soon as they think of hiring a, a you know, a contractor, is to have a, um, you know, a process that they follow. I love processes, and I know you, you do too. And you know, the process should be we signing, you know, some type of an agreement. So it kind of shows that it's an actual contractor. Mm -hmm. There's an agreement, and it kind of there's a key terms to include in there that kind of specifies that this is a independent contractor type of relationship. Um, you know, that there, there will be a W nine form filled out, you know, with all the information, the, that whatever system they're using to make sure that the, the contractors entered into the system with all the W nine information, all of those files, whether they're digital or, or in paper, you know, make sure there's an actual file, just like you would do for an employee. You should do it for each and every contractor. Um, and then, of course, you know, this is like you said, this is the time to make sure to go through the vendor and contractor list. And those that need to be issued a 1099, make sure you have a W-9 on file. You have all their inter inform information. If, uh, if they're, um, you know, um, their addresses change or anything else, that way you'll be able to have time to capture because once January comes and then, you know, you have literally, you know, what, four weeks to get it out. 
um, you know, that way you're not uh, fumbling to go through it. Um, I had an experience where uh, a, a client that we had to do their 1099s and he had quite, quite a lot of vendors, fairly large company. Um, and, uh, you know, the owner did not have time to gather all that information. And then at the end, uh, closer to last year, he said, you know what, you just handle it for me. I, I, I don't think I can do this. I just handle it for me. It was a lot. I'm talking hundreds of vendors and contractors we had to go through and see who's an LLC, who's this uh, sole proprietor, uh, who's just an individual, and then who we have to follow up with. It took us, you know, literally about, you know, the, the first, those two months, like November, December, to gather all of that information. And of course, sometimes some people, yeah, they've changed addresses or their phone, their email, until you gather all that information. Um, and you're ready to file, you know, it, it takes a while. It takes a while. If you don't have someone, the right person on your team, you really have to delegate this to an accountant or a CPA. So it's definitely very important to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. So then um, I, oh, you had a point there? No, what's going to, uh, in, in something we mentioned, uh, I believe was in the previous uh, show, is that uh, the, uh, not relying on, on Google type of templates. Uh, and the reason being, again, uh, you know, this is becoming a hot topic, meaning mm -hmm. that I, I, I would be preparing for potential audits uh, in that area of uh, uh, labor. So mm -hmm. I would not rely on the fact that, you know, when we ask uh, our clients, and again, we're not here to provide legal advice. So looking at your contract uh, independent agreement is it should not be taken as a, as a legal advice so you know my suggestion is that you do uh, have uh, uh, an attorney prepare it or at least review the one that you have and sure. as kind of a legal opinion based on the current uh, situation of the market because sure. you might have had a template that maybe even if it was prepared by an attorney I don't know five years ago Maybe there's a language now that is, is no longer applicable or something that is missing. And those, again, these, when they're coming to look for money, they're going to try to find something to make you stumble. And so it could be a small item. That's what I'm saying. In the case of the uh, Keurig, uh case, it was the lack of filing a 1099. Everything else was fine. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they, they do file, but he failed to file the, see, that's what, okay, so here we cut. And, and he lost the case because of that. And as you mentioned, having an onboarding uh, a system, you know what I mean? I know that that's how you help your clients is setting up all these uh, systems and uh, for success and, and, and having an onboarding uh, process. So when the, a new contractor comes on board that you go through, yeah, in essence, a packet, you need to give me these documents and have them signed because that's the best time to gather this information and sure. now, uh, if this individual did some work for you, let's say at the beginning of 2021, that individual might not longer be even in the state. You know what I mean? Uh, and so now what do you do? You already paid them, and now you don't have the information to support that and potentially put the risk. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then another extension that just like, popped in my mind uh, is uh, regarding trainings. You know, when an employer is doing trainings for all their employees, but then what about the contractors? Are they supposed to train their them as well? Or how much of the training are they allowed to do? This is a gray area too, uh, because for example, an, an, a, a business owner may have a specific set of, you know, process or something that they follow and they would want the control uh, the contractor to kind of follow the same process and they do a say a, a, a simple training to follow that process yeah 
What is that? Does that change the status by any means? By, you know, taking it as an isolated event, uh, you could probably do it if everything else, again, you have a complete pack and everything is solid. And let's say you, you and, and what exactly is the training? You know what I mean? That you're offering. Uh, it should not be a training about their skills that they're supposed to have. Now, right. maybe it's a training to prepare you so then you can perform the service that I'm asking you as, as a contractor to perform. You know, that could be more general. Maybe the, the situation with COVID-19 and then maybe there's a training that we're offering not only to our employees, but also to our contractors. It's a general type of training because now there's certain procedures that we, that we want to make sure that there's uniformity in our team. And so maybe something like that, you can get by. But, you know, again, uh, if you want to avoid, uh, uh, you know, losing your case, I would, you know, you should not be providing training. You should not be um, providing benefits. You should not be uh, paying insurances for them or, or their licenses. Uh, you know what I mean? So don't get yourself in those situations where you're doing certain things that, in essence, they're employees. We're not uh, restricting their ability to perform services for other other uh, uh, companies, uh, you know. So, you know, don't get yourself in, into those situations. If you can stay in, in kind of away from that, maybe having, sure. a, like you said, an isolated case like uh, the training will not be such a, a big thing. Understood. Yeah, yeah. That's a very, very, very uh, you know interesting point because uh, I know that's a very uh, a gray area as well. Mm -hmm. So. Um, so then I wanted to bring the conversation towards, you know, putting ourselves talking to, let's say, the actual contractor now, instead of being from the business owner side of things, the, the contractor side. Um, what are the key things that they should be thinking about as, you know, I mean, from tracking their income expenses and, you know, type of tax filings they have to do? Um, because that's a question that I keep getting asked, and and I figured this is a great time that we talk about it. And what what can you what I'll let you kind of take over first, and then and, and then I'll jump in when needed. Well, the, depending on the the complexity of their business. I mean, I like say for example, you're talking a, a a carpenter that works for a construction company, and he or she that that does basically let's assume this a whole year gets a ten ninety nine and has a small amount of expense and maybe a couple of tools that they're supposed to require uh and that's the other thing as far as our tools not being provided to the uh at least the, the minimum requirement I mean, uh, heavy equipment yes but when it goes to tools that they're supposed to carry the their own contractors should not be yeah. right so but you know outside of uh, small tools that maybe you have to incur it's probably a very simple uh record keeping you know making sure you have those, those, those right expenses um you know, I will still track the mileage uh, because uh, what I suggest to everybody is to have a home office in respect of it. Sure. There's another conversation for another day. But even this individual that is, a, you know, let's say a carpenter for, for a, a construction company, I will still set up a home office where I gotta do my, my, my record keeping, my administrative part of my business to submit my timing to, the, to this uh, uh, employer that I have. And then I can track my miles from uh, my home office to the, the work site. The job site, yeah. And, and then I can then uh, deduct those miles. And, uh, you know, maybe some licensing that you might have to deduct. So in that in those cases, it's minimal. You know what I mean? I think okay. it can easily be tracked. 
I would still suggest if, if, if you have this as an ongoing type of uh, engagement to have a separate bank account where you keep all your business. Of course, of uh, course. Uh, expenses. Uh, however, when you have other other type of independent contractors, uh, you know, uh, you, you have, for example, uh, people that provided the IT services, and right. they might be having multiple clients, and they're engaging, and they might even have subcontractors themselves. Of course. But there's more complexity into that type of business. Then I, I definitely suggest you, know, you have to have a good solid accounting system, having uh, your your. Uh, your documentation because now now you are uh, uh i think that's me and then and now if you're subcontracting then you need to then have the the onboarding in place so you right you gotta have an agreement with those that you are subcontracting and right make sure that you have those agreements in place but definitely and i know i keep harping on the on the accounting and bookkeeping <laughs> But it's truly the foundation. You see that, that when we're discussing all of this, why is it so critical that you have a solid accounting? Because from there, everything else uh, it comes into place. So I was, as a minimum, have that. I mean, have a very solid accounting, have your bank account separate from your personal. Uh, and then, uh, you know, depending on the complexity, uh, you, know, uh, you know, maybe quarterly, go through and make sure that you have everything in order, reconciled. Uh, yes. This is the time, you know, what I mean, to start doing uh, business and tax planning. I mean, now is that, that we already closed the, the first month of the last quarter, so really, we, we really don't have two months. So we basically have about six weeks, uh, maybe five. Yes, with maybe. all the holidays in between. <laughs> Correct. And so, really, you have may, maybe between four and five weeks, uh, really, uh, of planning uh, and to execute. It yes. lasts not very long. I mean, and, and now's the time to sit down to do all the adjustments that you need to be making. And so uh, that's what I would tell the, as far as an independent country. Yes, yes, definitely. And then one of the things that I've also noticed, you know, the uh, questions that come up to me when I'm when I'm speaking for a group of entrepreneurs is, uh, you know, what what um, what form they need to file. They get very confused because they're so used to doing the 1040 or 1040 easy, whatever it is with their W2s. And then they don't know what they're supposed to do next. Um, so just for our audience here, you know, if you're a, a, you know, a single independent contractor, you don't have any others, uh, anyone else uh, working with you or under you, um, you know, the schedule C will be attached with all your business, you know, or self-employed related information and then uh, attached to the 1040. Um, and then if you are an LLC as well, uh, with, a, with a one or single uh, single member LLC, it's the same way. The, the IRS makes no distinction. Um, you know, you're treated like a sole proprietor and then everything is filed on the Schedule C. Um, and then, of course, the S-Corp would be uh, on its own on an 1120S. And then uh, with the K-1, it will come into the 1040, um, you know, and then... Um, if it's an LLC, but it has multiple partners, then it becomes a partnership form. So, you know, there's all these different forms that need to be filed mm -hmm. and it gets super complicated. And that's that's why it's important to work with a, a CPA or to get your, your, your ducks in a row before the end of the year versus show up at, you know, uh, April, you know, uh, 12th. And I'd be like, oh, I got to file my taxes. <laughs> what do I do? Um, 
you know, at that point, it's just kind of too late. This is the time to kind of gather all your information. If you feel like you're missing something, you know, just make sure to hire a, 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 a reputable uh, CPA or a CPA firm um, and let them help guide you through all the different documentations that you would need to gather to make sure you, you file your taxes on time. Okay. And, you know, which, which kind of reminds me, I already talked about when you don't file your taxes or you're delayed and all that stuff, you know, you can, you guys can go back. There's a, it's episode uh, three or four, I believe, that we covered all that. So you can get a little bit more information on that as well. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, again, uh, if, uh, how much time we have left? We have a few minutes. Again, oh, uh, a few we'll minutes. Uh, you know, being uh, approaching the, the end of uh, the year, you know I mean, uh, now talking about the, the business and tax planning. Uh, sure. Now, now's the time, you know, now's the time to organize your, your record keeping. Um, yeah. You know, as far as uh, the accounting, making sure you have all of the deductions, because again, that's what's going to help you then later when it comes to tax planning. And that's the difference between your accounting and your tax. If you have poor bookkeeping, it will it will it will uh, result in, in poor planning. You know what I mean? Because it, that that's gonna become the source to determine is this really your your profit or your loss for the year? And so if those are generating poor information, you're gonna get you know bad uh, calculation for taxes. The same if you're trying to do business uh, uh, business plan, uh, you know it becomes a source. Uh, so I suggest announce the time to do that. Do all the cleanup necessary. Uh, any adjustment to implementation for, for tax money, now's the time. You know what I mean? Um, you know, to, uh, uh, something that recently I was having a conversation with somebody else and they brought me the, the topic of Elon Musk. I don't know if you heard that uh, people in <laughs> uproar, my goodness, this guy makes <laughs> billions and now he pays, I think it's something like a 4% in tax. <laughs> so, no, listen, uh, the headline is is correct, but it's not. And then the, yeah. what happens is that people don't, you know, what happens is people don't understand that is what flows to your tax return is what's taxable. Correct. And this, again, the, the key of tax planning is what flows into your tax returns becomes taxable. Now, what happens with a lot of these, you know, wealthy people that you hear about? And actually, forget about Bezos and Musk's. I mean, there's, there's other individuals <laughs> that are doing this. And it's accessible to all of us. It's not exclusive. Oh, my goodness. That's all, that's a, no, it's, it's available to all of us. Absolutely. Basically, what it is is what flows into your return. That's taxable. What happens is, and this is, again, when, when you do your training to your, to your entrepreneurs, it's changing your mindset. Sure. And what happens, why is it you see these successful uh, entrepreneurs that pays uh, a little amount of taxes is because again their mindset. They're looking, how can I deduct this? They're you know, right. because we understand the impact, the negative impact of overpaying in tax. So they they they're constantly finding ways of how can I lower that tax? Because once Absolutely. I pay that tax, that money I have I have no control over. That. Absolutely. Now, this simple vehicle. I, I don't know exactly what Musk did, but I know some things that people do that can be done even for the, the average, you know, the, the you and I, it, it's available, you know, uh, you can, you can, you know, it, it, this is what ties into you, you know, one of the services you provide, and that is increasing the valuation of your business, even for private Absolutely. companies. Now, Musk 
have a publicly traded company. So yes, it's easier to, to, to securitize that and to use it for loans. Loans, you don't pay tax. So what, what you know, somebody like Musk will do, he will take the, the I'm, I'm guessing that what he did, he takes a, a loan against the, the, the shares. Now, I, can, I have access to that now. See, what I have done is I took a, a, a capital asset, and that's why the wealthy loves capital assets. Capital assets yeah. are their, their friends. Yes, of course. They don't expect so much. Correct, because I can, I can use that now, and I can borrow against it. Now I have access to that, but I have not liquidated my capital asset. Yet. Exactly. Now, I, exactly. I take this now this loan, and if I am smart, I use what? I develop more capital assets with that. I can yes. real estate, I can do other things with that same money that I securitize with the capital asset I already have. It happens to be my, my business, which right. then I contracted Marie. Marie helped me in, increase the value of my business. And now I go to the bank and I say to my uh, Mr. Banker or Mrs. Banker, listen, I have this business that's successful. I have a team of professionals helping me increase my value. And now I would like us to borrow against that. Now, I'm not going to tell every bank is going to do it, but there's banks that will sure. Either be in a form of working capital uh, or a line of credit, absolutely secured by that that uh, the asset, the capital asset. Yeah. Now, in your in your ten forty, that doesn't show. You know what I mean? What it will show is maybe you took a salary of ten uh, hundred thousand dollars. Exactly. And, and you know you pay tax on that, and people are looking, wondering, how's it Marie the the she right multiply mushroom at business. And yes. now she's like this entrepreneur, and how 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 you know? Let let you know. again. Bottom line: Don't hate on the and the mosque and the basils and hate <laughs> on you know, Marie. You know what I mean? It's that they have developed. A, they understand the game, and so what we ought to be asking is: How is it Marie doing? How is it Basil doing? How is it Musk doing? They utilize our life insurance. That they utilize our nonprofits and private foundations. They you know that is all available to all of us. So that's Absolutely. again the importance of our tax planning. Uh, business planning, you know what I mean, how to structure your business so then you can uh, maximize your profits, improve your cash flow, and then securitize some of those assets so that you can convert them into more uh, capital assets. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with you. So I know we, we are running out of time, but I think this is a great area. And since it's getting close to um, you know, uh, year-end and tax planning is a really great area to talk about. And maybe this is a subject we can continue on with the yeah. next week's episode. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. You know, we really appreciate you. Um, you know, please come back uh, Thursday, next Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern. You can follow us again on Facebook, um, uh, LinkedIn, or YouTube. But we, I also have put the link on a podcast. You can listen to us now on uh, audio, on your go, um, in your car, or wherever you are. Um, and we appreciate you. Yeah, I don't